Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life. We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. In this episode, we're discussing why we feel the need to set goals. And you probably know that I am a great lover of lists. I love a list. I love to tick things off. Oh, me too. I think most people do, don't they? So I have clients, some clients who don't, oh, who, okay. who, are, who are overwhelmed by the thought of writing it all down. Um, Number one on the list, write a list. Yeah, absolutely. And then if I think of new things that I've done, I will add them so that I can then immediately tick them off. I know. Do we do that retrospectively? I write the thing I just mm. did just so I know it's something I achieved that day. Yeah, absolutely. So we love achievement then, don't we? As human beings, mm. we actually thrive on achieving. Yeah, it's that thing about purpose, I think. And, you know, it, uh, for lots of us, it says something about who we think we are and the sort of person we are. And, you know, uh, th- that sense of, as you say, achievement of of uh, of things happening, of being completed. There's something very nice about completion. Yeah, ticking it off, it being done. And so it's interesting, isn't it, then, because goals can therefore be split out into to things we would like to have that are kind of tick-offable, you know, that we're able to achieve and complete and finish. And then there's also these other kind of goals that we have as human beings, wants. Yeah, the intangible. Yeah, the intangible stuff that we want to achieve. Mm. You know, if you imagine growing up, there's that sense that things we're supposed to achieve are like a good job. I mean, that is tick-offable, but in certain respects, that can be quite intangible. A life partner, yeah. um, being happy. And, <laughs> at, and I have a number of clients at the moment who, who are saying exactly that. I've got to this age and I don't have a good job. I don't have a partner. I don't have a home. I don't have all these things that they thought they ought to have or they think actually that they ought to have society. by the time they're a certain age yeah society says we're supposed yeah. to i mean i've ranted about this in a podcast before i'm sure that we think that those elements i think this is the the, the challenge with it is that we think those elements combine together to make us happy you know that's certainly the western world is this is in the uk it's that whole 2.4 children picket fence kind of you know illusion of yeah. what it is that might make us happy. And I'm sure actually it's ended up making people quite unhappy when they've settled for a partner that wasn't quite right in order to have the elements because they thought, well, I should mm-hmm. if I don't marry this one. Yeah. This one is there isn't that one that's okay. Yeah, this know? this one is this one is adequate. Yeah. This at the one, moment. That's right, has a good job and he'll keep me, you know, in my picket fence and, and I'll be able to have two point four kids. Or whatever I'm saying, he could be she, could be anyone, couldn't it? But um, my point is more around that sense of, I suppose, fear mm-hmm. that if you went with a partner that's, let's say, a bit more bohemian, or you know, didn't have a steady job and lived life on the edge, and you know, bring with them perhaps a lot more excitement, um, and perhaps you know, perhaps a lot more connection yeah but you forego that because it doesn't conform to the norm of what's secure and steady and supposed to bring us happiness so 
a little personal disclosure here. When I first got together with my husband now, my my boyfriend then, there was somebody who said to me, are you sure he's shorter than you and that's not right? That's not right? No, that's not how it's meant to be. Meant to be? Yeah, right? Those words are incredible. I know, I know. Nothing about the fact that he's the kindest man I've ever met and... He obviously adores me and, oh, you know, all of the, you know, he's funny and we like the same things and all of those things that, that, that make a relationship make a re- good. Right? He's, he's a bit shorter than me. That's incredible. She said, are you sure that's not a deal breaker? Was it a deal breaker with your friendship? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's certainly gone over the years yeah, yeah. I, mean, you, I would view that person quite differently as I, a result of saying something like that yeah it's hard not to isn't yeah. it we have you know fixed ideas of how things should be what are they called in psychology like schemas or yeah. modes of mind or whatever these fixed ways that we perceive the world that we've been taught or we've picked up along the way it doesn't yeah, make just, them right no though. we just absorb them and they are what i would call sedimented beliefs right so yeah. they're things that we don't get out and examine they're just as you innate. say the innate exactly the way in which the prism through which we view our world hence her bizarre comment um so something along the lines of but you'll never be able to wear heels again uh, uh. <laughs> Yes. Ah. Anybody notice me wearing heels? But, and also, why not? Oh, this feels like a whole other <laughs> podcast we need to explore. Wow. Oh, I'm just absolutely gobsmacked by that. Yeah. So this, so all these ideas, they, they feed into this pursuit of goals, mm-hmm. particularly this intangible stuff. Yeah. So just going back a little bit, if you don't mind me backtracking then, to these tick-offable ones. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that get us out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And they, providing we don't overload ourselves, we talked about overwhelm before, providing we don't have too many, or that they don't all have to be done today, so, yeah. so that we're putting that pressure on, yeah. those, they give us a purpose, don't they? And they can keep us motivated and keep life interesting. Yeah. Because we, we don't want to be sitting around doing nothing. We do sometimes, but not ever, or not never having anything to do. Mm-hmm. But it's these other ones that are informed by these sedimented beliefs of how we should be that are where the kind of danger zone comes yeah. about on how we treat ourselves in getting there. Absolutely. And I think I think there are two danger zones. That one is the massive one, I think. And then there is the one about not being able to prioritise. So the to-do list being you know pages and pages and overwhelming but we'll maybe come back to that because I'm really interested in these kind of intangible ones you know so they're often things like like new year's resolutions like something that we do at a particular time of year and and I have a real bugbear about it and I think you do too which is that to my mind they're often really punitive they're really they're, they're they're not nice we're not being nice to ourselves when we do these things. And they do seem to be in pursuit of this intangible goal of being permanently happy, which is not possible. Yeah. I think there's something around the fact that, it, uh, going back to evolution, mm. right, we overindulged in times of abundance because there would be times of scarcity. Yeah. So we have this innate ability to overdo it in certain things. 
And we know that. And so the things that become punitive around, say, New Year or whatever, tend to be the things like, I've, I've drunk too much, I've eaten too much, I'm overweight, I'm, you know. And then we start kind of, instead of just addressing, kind of being a bit more healthy or something, it becomes, I've got to be thinner, I've got to be sober, I've got to be whatever it might be. Yeah. And it's very restrictive and punitive. And we don't respond well to that no. for very long. It's not sustainable, really. No, no. And, and yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we have this sort of perversity in our in our nature, right? That as soon as it becomes, as soon as we set goals that are really, really hard, then we almost kind of go the other way, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm not eating chocolate for January, and then I've had a, a bit. So you might as well eat a whole bit. bar. Exactly. And yeah. then go and get another one. Exactly. And, and now I've, you know... Because I've ruined it. Exactly. I've spoiled it. And we yeah. do that a lot. I think there's this kind of pendulum from one end to the other. And, you know, my, my thing is always about life is actually in that messy middle. Yeah. Um, but finding that is hard yeah. because there aren't certainties. And we have evolved, our brains have evolved to like certainties, to seek certainties. So nothing, you know, no bread, no wine, no chocolate no whatever no sitting on the couch yeah. no it, it is something that we can conceptualize it's also not anything we can stick to yeah and our brains don't even like negatives do they like they don't work well with like don't think of a pink elephant like, yeah I mean, it, it, you know we work in conflict with that um yeah it's so interesting something you just said sparked a thought in me around um yeah. Oh, I've forgotten now. Yeah. I've completely, I've completely lost my table. I know it'll come back again. But so anyway. If that noise appeared, that's some that's somebody else in the house. Yeah. Oh, no worries. They're used to it now. The cat will pop in and meow again or something. Um, so this kind of no restrictive or, you know, it's either or extremes mm. and there being somewhere in the middle. It's all about how we're kind of viewing it, isn't it? It's our relationship with those should and shouldn't have yeah 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 absolutely and I think you said something interesting earlier about what we we don't want we don't want boring we don't Mm. want the same and so there can be a temptation I think to 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 pack too much in so as it's not boring but there's a there's a level somewhere right I think maybe what we're after is is kind of an easeful life yeah so you're referring to the kind of trying to be happy yeah and yeah I think you're exactly right in terms of I'm always banging on about ease and having that sense of wanting it to be just steady Mm. you know not these kind of peaks massive well quite like a massive peak but we don't like the massive troughs and actually when things just are steady I'm a lot more content in my life yeah but I don't want it to be boring no and and I think we conflate the two right so then mm. so then we so then we do pile on you know so then I need to be it'll be boring if I don't change anything so I need to change things and then often that becomes about changing ourselves yeah. um yeah you know so so if if I'm bored then I must be I must get thinner I must get fitter I must get them then I will be happier and that means I will engage better with the world and and then I will then I will get my 
prince or princess and my big house and my car and my and that's exactly what I was going to say when I forgot is what's the motivation for doing Mm. this you know that's where we're looking at it wrongly is is that sense of motivation instead of you know driving ourselves to be a certain way which is unsustainable it's where's that motivation to be like that coming from and it generally does all come under this umbrella of wanting to feel better whether that's you know we put the label happy but we know that's a a state that's ever in flux that's why ease always feels a bit more achievable Mm -hmm. um but it's that what's driving this and it could be so many things couldn't it especially where food or weight or exercise um are are kind of come from and there's a really interesting um in the mindfulness-based compassionate living course that um, I teach, there's we address the kind of three systems that we can have, like being in threat mode, you know, fight, flight, mm-hmm. drive mode, um, and soothing mode, which is our rest and digest system. We've referred to that regularly in this podcast, our parasympathetic nervous system, yeah. soothing system. And the example that's given is you could be kind of going for a run from each of those systems so like threat one would be fear of dying young or something because you're not healthy and that's why i'm pushing myself to do this run it could be drive mode because there's a kind of goal and like you know want to be thinner fitter whatever not so threaty but still from drive or it could be that i want to go out and just be in nature and i'll go at the pace that's my body's comfortable with and it'll give me some endorphins and it'll make me feel better. It's a and gift to myself. Approach, yeah. It's a gift to myself, you know, yeah. to be healthy. And actually knowing that sort of motivation, which system is active when we're engaging in this activity, can be a really helpful mm. steer to how whether we're going to actually achieve, for want of a better word, you know, these goals, whether they're whether we can just have it like an intention to keep on going with or whether it's this thing I must lose three pounds by next week and seven pounds by the following week and much more driven and yes. striving so I really like that analogy I think it fits in quite well here I love that I love that I talk a lot with clients about the intention behind something which is exact which is the same thing right so if if you if we can if we can switch the intention to something that's kinder more uh, more protective then that same action or need or activity or whatever has a different feel yeah. um so yeah. which is which is what you're saying yours is much neater i'm i'm, I'm going to say, i'm going to steal it i mean i stole it so you can <laughs> pass it on and and i think from a kind of mindfulness perspective mm-hmm. from a camera's in you know it's it's knowing at the moment of engaging in something which system is driving this driving yeah, drive is the system but you know which system is underpinning what's happening right now yeah and if it's threat if it's too much drive you know the drive system is not bad we've talked about this before we need it to get up in the morning we need a bit of adrenaline to get going and to do stuff if we were in parasympathetic all the time, we'd be laying on the sofa and never moving. So that's no good either. No. But that that innate sense of where's this coming from? Is it punitive? 
you know, is this kind? Is this punitive? Is it unhelpful? Is it making me feel bad? If we can get a sense of that by just really exploring, taking a pause and going, hang on a minute, I can feel my heart has got a bit in relation to this activity. That might just be quite helpful, I think, to sort of get that sense of what's going on here. Yeah. So how can we kind of help with this then? What, What do you think in terms of, if we were saying to people who love to set goals, I mean, going back to point one, we love a list, right? We all want to set goals that we achieve. What are the helpful things that will support us making them ones that benefit our life, yeah. move us towards a more flourishing life than a punishing life? <laughs> what would you what would you advise? I think there are a number of things. I think one of them is 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 thinking about what's realistic. So first of all, what do we what's what is on this list so is this list um are these tangible things mm-hmm. or are these the the intangibles right the 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 ones that are about the way in which i engage with my world so if they're the tangible ones i think being realistic about what's possible in a day a week a month i um i'm quite committed to my lists and there are there are a number of them right so i have an ongoing list i have a list for the day um and things that don't get done get moved on to sort of the week list and then there's and then there are things that I would quite like to achieve. Do you want to come and be in my cafe? And I realise that, 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 that seems quite involved. It is quite involved. Um, but, but that kind of works for me as long as those are the tangible things, yeah. right? What what where that doesn't work is where I've got the things that are that more about intentions so uh, at, at the moment I, I'm, I have an intention to be to be kind to my body and by that I mean I'm eating well I'm making an effort to eat well to move well um, because I've been a bit sedentary recently and I don't like how that feels mm. yeah. um, but, to, but in a kindly way. In a kindly in a way, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but to put that on a, on a daily list, then mm. then becomes it, it runs the risk of sliding into, you know, was that meal good enough? Was it was it okay? Did I, I fail at it? Did I fail at it? And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is is the punitive ones are unsustainable. Yeah. So as well as is it realistic, I would say, is it sustainable? Yeah. You know, is the way I'm eating now something that is sustainable? And I don't mean that we can never have chocolate again or whatever, but it might be that that it's easy to come back to this. You know, with one of those... I, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, I work um, with Fran uh, Ellis on her food freedom formula um, program where she helps people break from diet culture yes. and you know it's that sense that we're not just just because we've eaten one square of chocolate or whatever doesn't mean we failed and and restricting ourselves is just it's almost feeding the beast of desire and absolutely want and, yeah you know, it's yeah all, it's all emotionally driven so i was i try and think about it as kind of nourishing what yeah. i want to do is to nourish yeah. in whatever way that means yeah. and, and for me that's that's about finding time 
making time for my crafting and and for and for what I'm putting in my body and for how I move and for meditating and that these things that that are that are nourishing for me so there is I love that word so there is so there's there's that as well I think yeah. which which again is is about just shifting that intention you know what what is the what is the underlying motivation for that mm-hmm. and and again it's bringing me back to some exercises we do within the courses around looking at what is it I do and take in yeah. that's helpful and unhelpful? So instead of saying, you know, I mustn't or whatever, but it's like, how can I do more of that? And what over here on the, the depleting list might I be able to, to cut down on, you know? <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, you know, that in itself feels less striving and yeah. punishing and pushing ourselves and more this inclination towards elements for a for a flourishing nourished life yeah Yeah. and and I think the other thing is is thinking about what is my motivation where is this coming from what's my motivation for this and if it's a if it comes under ought or should then I want to I want to properly investigate that because that may well be one of those things I can let go of because that's that's not my thing that's that's come from somewhere else yeah or it could be one of these internal kind of um, sedimented beliefs about how we view ourselves yeah. as not being, I don't know, thin enough, fit enough, happy enough, pretty enough, all of that, you know, whatever they might be, that actually if they're coming from a place of sort of self-loathing, yeah. you know, self-deprecation, then that needs, that needs looking at as well. Instead of needing to be less like that, when the mind doesn't respond well to negatives, mm-hmm. how might we look at how could we be more like this what would be helpful what would be kind I think let's keep coming back to that is what I'm doing kind to myself does it support my life does it bring joy because putting yourself on a restricted diet or you know feeling like you have to go to boot camp 10 times a week or whatever doesn't always feel like the kindest thing to do you know it may be helpful sometimes but it's the levels at which we're doing these things and the extremes to which we take it, which we often yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that right there is our major takeaway from, yeah. from this is, is, is this kind? It's a, it's a great mantra for life. Yeah. In everything you do, I want you to all ask yourselves that. Is this helpful? Is it kind? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes?